Now, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your response to this crisis? I'd rate it a ten. I think we've done a great job. First thing we have got to do, whether or not I'm president, is to shut this president up right now. Yes, please. Shut up, Mr. President. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE, in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio, where we don't think you will be voting on Tuesday on WGRN. Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, down in New Orleans on WHIV. Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. In Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, in Janesville, Wisconsin on WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. And yes, we stream coast to coast and around the globe today, even in the middle of a pandemic, on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Let's start with some other news, shall we? Bernie Sanders has won the Northern Mariana Democratic Caucuses held on Saturday. Did you even know that was happening? No, I did not. Yeah, Sanders will earn four of the six available delegates, Joe Biden the other two, Democrats in the Northern Mariana Islands caucused on Saturday, March 14. Sanders won 64 to 36 percent, but there was just one caucus site and just 132 votes were cast in Northern Mariana. It is 14 hours ahead of the U.S. I guess we could call them and see how things are going 14 hours from now, just to get an idea of how things are changing so quickly. I don't think it works uh, that way. It does not? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, in any event, it allowed uh, Bernie Sanders to net two delegates over uh, Biden in his attempt to catch up with him. Biden currently leads by about 150 delegates in the race to win 1,999 to win the, uh, I'm sorry, 1,991 to win the Democratic nomination. Biden currently has about 890. Sanders has about 737. That will change that number after voting Tuesday in what was supposed to be four big states, uh, if we make it through the election day on Tuesday in Florida, Illinois, Arizona, and what had been planned as a primary election in Ohio, 
which the governor has just called to be postponed an hour or two before airtime. Uh, Voting in the other three states at this hour appear to be ongoing nonetheless, though some extraordinary measures may have to be taken to ensure poll workers Uh, that they have enough poll workers, frankly, given the concerns about the coronavirus and the many states that are shutting down in various ways today. We'll get to the pandemic's effect on the elections uh, in a little bit here today and even the uh, Sunday night Democratic presidential debate. Did you know there was one of those, Desi Doyen? I certainly did. Oh, you were aware of that? (laughs) I had to. Yeah, I had to. Okay. That was between uh, frontrunner Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. We'll try to get to as much of that as we can if the radio and news gods are with us. Uh, Normally, the day after a presidential debate, we would offer special coverage with a panel of guests on the broadcast, and Desi Doyen would be joining our roundtable. We'd have a bunch of clips. But this is not normally. No, no, it's not. This is not by a long shot. So we are sort of all making this up as we go and working through everything together as best we can. Yes, we are live today. Um, And uh, also, uh, by the way, before we get to all of this mess, speaking of Florida, since I mentioned uh, elections there on Tuesday, I want to thank our friend Nicole Sandler down there in Florida for filling in for us on Friday's broadcast. Thank you, Nicole. Um, And if you didn't happen to catch that show, I do recommend you download it. It's free at bradblog.com to listen to her interview Friday with Lawrence O'Donnell of MSNBC. Uh, While, you know, who knows, you may be stuck at home for a while for the next few weeks. That will be a a good interview to listen to. It was actually, um, whether you like Lawrence O'Donnell of MSNBC or not, Uh, I recommend you tune in for this. It was really interesting, really frank, really honest. Uh, Nicole called him out, uh, called MSNBC out for what she feels is uh, uh, coverage that is not uh, balanced uh, for Bernie Sanders, that is against Bernie Sanders. Um, And uh, I thought uh, Lawrence O'Donnell's responses to it were, um, what's the word? Honest Uh, and refreshing? Yes. Okay. Enlightening, There you go. Uh, So check that out at brandblog.com if you missed it. Uh, But uh, in the meantime, millions of Americans began their work week hold up at home against the coronavirus on Monday as the escalating outbreak upended the nation's daily routines in ways never before seen in U.S. history, as AP describes it today, with wide swaths of the economy shuddering to a halt, stocks nosedived. Uh, Some 13 percent on Wall Street. It opened at uh, about 11 percent down in a sell off so steep that it triggered an automatic 15 minute halt to trading once again. This is the third time in the past two weeks that that has happened. Uh, The Dow ultimately closed nearly three thousand points down on Monday, 13 percent, the steepest drop in three decades. The uh, best-case scenario right now for many investors is that the economic shock will be steep, but it will be short, uh, perhaps shorter thanks to some fairly draconian measures now being taken across the country with uh, hopes for recovery uh, later this year as stores and businesses open back up. Pessimists, however, are preparing for a a long haul and a deep drop in markets and the economy and everything else right now. 
The U.S. Surgeon General, uh, meanwhile, said the number of coronavirus cases in the U.S. reached a level comparable to what diseased battered Italy recorded two weeks ago. That's a signal that infections are expected to continue rising in America, uh, as Desi Doyen detailed late uh, last week in comparing our current curve of infection uh, the infection rate here, I guess, in the U.S. to what we saw in Italy, um, which we can sort of view as a bit of a time capsule for the U.S. In, yes, in well, one sense. I, I would think of it as more of a of a preview and a preview that we do not want. So mm. um, right now, that's the point of these fairly draconian shutdowns in San Francisco, for example, uh, announcing a shelter-in-place order. You know, they're not going to uh, give people fines if they catch them outside, but they're trying to emphasize the gravity of the situation and how we are at a unique point right now where we can stop what happened in Italy from happening here if everybody does the social distancing as recommended by the CDC. And actually, if you go a little bit further than what the CDC has recommended and you just stay at home, that could really help flatten the curve, slow the spread. Well, what I'm, yeah, exactly. What I'm hoping is that the quick action that we're taking a, a, a bit quicker, uh, not, Slightly qui- quicker. not quick enough for Certainly sure, not. but in comparison to the curve, uh, you know, as as bizarre, and and this is bizarre. Make no mistake, we we're, we feel it just like you do. Uh, as bizarre and terrible and difficult as all of this may be, uh, you know, the hope is that what we are all doing is a good thing because it may prevent the spread of the disease and its fatality rate uh, spread it out over time. Unlike what we saw in Italy when it sort of all came at once and it overwhelmed the uh, medical system there. So we hope it is less overwhelming to the U.S. healthcare system than it was in Italy and elsewhere. Uh, but that remains to be seen. It remains to, to, to be seen how uh, well these various forms of lockdowns actually happen. But, um, you know, that's the hope is flattening that curve so everyone doesn't get sick at once. It may be the same amount of people uh, ultimately who get sick, but if it's right. spread out over time, it doesn't overwhelm our our, uh, our current medical system. Right, because our medical system doesn't have a lot of surge capacity. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, it's, it's been tightly managed through capitalism and for profit corporations capitalism. all this time, and they've squeezed yes. out all the excess that might have helped us to manage this uh, crisis a bit better. But now we're taking the d- extreme measures in order to prevent it from getting Wouldn't, any worse. And I don't know if we're going to manage that or not. But right now, this is the best chance we've got. Yeah. Wouldn't want to have any extra beds in case of some sort of catastrophe happened or some sort of global pandemic broke out. No, we don't want to do that. We don't want to have to pay for that. Capitalism and all, you know. So uh, Donald Trump's U.S. Surgeon General, uh, Dr. Jerome Adams, told Fox News, we are at a critical inflection point in this country. Uh, When you look at the projections, there's every chance, he said, that we could be Italy. Two weeks ago, there were 1,700 cases of coronavirus in Italy. Uh, The country had reported 34 deaths. Now, just two weeks later, Italy is estimating 25,000 cases. More than 1,800 people have died. And on the way over here, I think they put out big new numbers that I didn't have time to grab uh, before we had to get on air. Uh, So all of these numbers that uh, we go through uh, here today, uh, presume they have changed, presume they have gotten most likely worse. Uh, The U.S. has recorded about 3,800 infections and at least 65 deaths, two-thirds of them in hard-hit Washington state, most in or near the Seattle area. Uh, So we are uh, sending our love 
to our listeners up on KODX 96.9 FM uh, up there today, as we have been. Uh, If any of our Seattle area listeners happen to be listening to our uh, live KPFK stream today and they want to check in, we would love to hear from you. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number if you want to try to get in. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, just let it ring if if it's not answered right away. We are on a skeleton crew here at the station. Yes. Uh, at KPFK. Um, we will but, answer the phone as soon as we can <laughs> on the listener to get on the air. Yep. But, uh, but otherwise, uh, if you hear this uh, after we're live, uh, folks up in Seattle, you want to send me some email, I am bradcast at bradblog.com. I would love to know how you guys are weathering things uh, since you have been ahead of this or at the front of this particular curve that uh, much of the rest of the country is now beginning to experience. Uh, I can share your reports uh, on air from the hot zone, if you will. <laughs> Uh, with uh, with listeners uh, where appropriate in the coming days. Bradcast at bradblog.com or on the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. Across the country over the past several days, health officials, politicians, business leaders talked about social distancing and flattening the curve uh, or encouraging people to avoid others so as to slow the spread of the virus and keep hospitals from being overwhelmed. Uh, with a lack of hospital beds and ventilators to treat the ill. If the epidemic continues on the current curve, uh, we're in trouble. Today, during a conference call with governors across the country, Donald Trump told the governors to uh, get to work on getting their own ventilators somehow from somewhere. He said, don't wait on the federal government to do so in in what could prove to be one of the most epic failures of this administration. And that is saying quite a bit, um, you know, depending on whether the curve flattens sufficiently or not, uh, Trump disbanded the White House National Security Council's pandemic response team back in 2018, which might have otherwise helped to prepare for this eventuality that we are now facing. Uh, Trump told governors, we will be backing you. But try getting it yourselves. So when he says backing you, I guess he means way back. <laughs> way, way leading back. from behind. Yes. A, uh, a healthy volunteer. Here's a glimmer of hope. A healthy volunteer on Monday reportedly became the first participant in a clinical trial of an experimental vaccine against the virus, receiving a dose at uh, a research institute in Washington state. Public officials are cautioning, however, that it will still take a year to 18 months to fully test and approve any vaccine if, in fact, this one uh, they're working on uh, actually works out. Uh, So that'll be, you know, a year, year and a half before it can even begin to make it into the general population for any kind of widespread use. It is not being done very, very quickly. As the president has lied to the public on a number of occasions since the outbreak uh, was finally recognized by the White House about three weeks ago, which is about three weeks after public officials uh, were already trying to get the White House's uh, attention and trying to get them to take some federal action while uh, Trump and, and folks on the right were basically you know, making things up and saying, oh, well, this is a hoax, another Democratic impeachment hoax or whatever. Those three weeks lost may prove to be very costly uh, in the days ahead. The U.S. Supreme Court put oral arguments on hold for the rest of the month. That would include fights over subpoenas for Donald Trump's financial records. Well, that's handy for the president. 
putting the uh, oral arguments on hold for the first time in 100 years, by the way. Six of nine justices on the court are 65 and older, at higher risk of getting very sick from the illness. Two are in their 80s. The uh, court last postponed arguments. Uh, Do you know when, Desi Doyen? I'm going to guess. I would guess you said in 100 years, so that would track Uh, to about the pandemic of 1918. That's uh, that's true. I gave it away, didn't Uh, I? Yes, you did. The 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, which, by the way, killed millions of people. That's the last time the U.S. Supreme Court shut down. Uh, While most people who come down with the disease have relatively mild symptoms, it can be deadly for many, especially the elderly and those with underlying health problems. Most people infected with the virus recover in a matter of weeks. So if you do get it, don't freak out. Actually, if you do get it and you can find out that you have it because testing is still next to impossible. I'll get to that in a moment. But don't freak out, uh, especially if you are young and relatively healthy. But whether you have symptoms or not, you may be a carrier of the virus without knowing it. So staying away from other people, from elderly folks right now is particularly important, as well as staying uh, away from others who might not be able to stay away from elderly folks. Uh, Thus, the calls and measures being taken right now for social distancing, even among those Uh, most likely to not face serious personal illness from the COVID-19 disease. And there is some evidence, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, chief uh, epidemiologist and infectious disease specialist at the National Institute of Health. Oh, we'll get to him in a second because he's freaking everybody out. Yes, he is for good reason, because he wanted to also warn young people who think that they, you know, oh, it's not going to be that difficult for me. I should be fine, even if I do get it. Well, that's not necessarily true. You know, it might not kill you, but you could also have severely damaged lungs. It can... uh, affect your lung function Mm. 20 to 30 percent. So it can be a lifelong problem that you develop from it, even if you are young and healthy and you do get it. And the issue about staying home uh, and and following these these staying in orders is really important for young people because the latest uh, indications are that you can shed the virus when you have no symptoms at all. And you may actually be one who is carrying the virus may actually be more contagious than somebody who is showing obviously obvious symptoms. So that's something to be aware of as well. That's why you got to stay home. Over the weekend, governors and mayors uh, around the country began closing restaurants, bars, schools. uh, As this uh, crisis deepened, Uh, New York City uh, first announced they were uh, finally closing their public school system. Uh, L.A., Los Angeles did so on Monday as well. So the two largest school systems in the nation are now shut down. New York City and L.A. over the weekend both announced they are restricting all restaurants, cafes and bars to delivery and takeout only. Other states are doing the same, including Illinois and, and Chicago. New York is also closing all nightclubs, movie theaters, small theaters and concert venues. And then by Monday... Uh, By Monday morning, governors in the nation's largest metropolitan area, that's the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, they collectively decided to shutter all bars, restaurants, and movie theaters across the entire region in hopes of stemming the uh, growing number of coronavirus cases. Several uh, 24-hour Las Vegas casinos, including the entire MGM chain, uh, and and most of the uh, casinos out here in Southern California all announced they are closing entirely until April. 
In all, AP is reporting that casinos in at least 15 states have shut down in the past days, but many more uh, gambling halls, at least for now, are remaining open where hundreds or even thousands of people touch the same slot machines and poker chips. Risking spreading the virus, the casinos said they are doing more cleaning. Uh, I'm not sure how long that can continue, however. But I'll tell you, when they close casinos in Las Vegas and elsewhere, which never close, I mean, they're open 24 hours. Uh, When that happens, you know this is a serious matter. Some retail stores are now announcing that they, too, are voluntarily closing down, even in states that are not yet directly affected by official orders to close shop. In an unprecedented Sunday night uh, rate cut, the Fed slashed benchmark federal fund rates by a full percentage points to uh, pretty much near zero. Zero percent, zero to zero point two five percent and unfurled a batch of stimulus measures and plans for quantitative easing, uh, essentially plans to print more money intended to dull the pain for the economy. Critics, however, are concerned that the Fed uh, may have in one fell swoop used up pretty much their entire arsenal to hedge against what now seems almost certain to be a recession at the very least. A slower rate cut might have been wiser in any event. Uh, The huge cut over the weekend appears to have done little to calm the markets when they opened on Monday. Um, Travelers returning home from abroad over the weekend after Trump abruptly announced the shutdown of travel between the U.S. and Europe without notifying our EU partners or making plans for the waves of U.S. persons returning home. Uh, that this would would cause that resulted in those travelers stuck in line for hours at major airports over the weekend. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them mashed together, crammed together in, in a these, yes, yeah. in a super spreader event. Basically, the the CDC has created a super <laughs> spreader event. And what you mean is that these people are all spreading it amongst themselves. And then they're going back home. They're going out into their communities, into their towns, to their families, uh, where they could. We may just have sent hundreds of people, thousands of people uh, infected back to their home states. And that was a failure of these groups uh, of the government to inform uh, the, the travel industry. Hey, we're about to do this. So you might want to staff up. Around the country, people uh, rush to line up child care, make arrangements to work from home, try to figure out how to entertain themselves now that all social gatherings have been banned, canceled, and strongly discouraged. I hope they realize how excellent the radio is when it comes to your <laughs> entertainment dollar. The uh, And by, by the way, speaking of your entertainment dollar, uh, whether it's uh, KPFK, you know, we are, I often say, uh, Bradcast, we are 100% listener supported. Uh, but so are most of, of this, uh, the affiliate stations that we, uh, that we are heard on. So wherever you are, wherever you are hearing the broadcast, please consider por- uh, supporting that radio station so we can all stay on air during this crisis. It's very, very important because this is going to get rough for a lot of folks. So if you can you know, afford to help out those stations, I should say KPFK just came out of a, a week's-long um, uh, fund drive here. Uh, but we, I think we were short of our goals, and I know that all of the stations, almost all of the stations, uh, even the commercial ones that carry us, uh, support them, support their sponsors, etc. We really need to pull together uh, to keep 
a lot of important information on your public airwaves, which have been taken over by so many corporations. In any event, the uh, speaking of the CDC, they issued a dramatic recommendation uh, just before Sunday night's debate between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Uh, they said if uh, gatherings of 50 people or more should be canceled or postponed throughout the uh, U.S. for the next two months. Many have questioned whether gatherings of as large as 50 people right now makes sense. And even Donald Trump, who has been uh, a naysayer and, and screwing all of this up, even he said today, if you can avoid gatherings larger than 10 people, that would be a good idea. And I hate to say it, but in this case... Donald Trump is right. More than 650 members of the National Guard have been called up by governors in 15 states to help deal with the crisis by uh, distributing food and sanitizing public areas. They and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers may be needed to help build facilities for additional hospital beds and quarantine centers as all of this progresses. Hopefully, such contingency plans are already made or in the works, though I have little faith, frankly, in this federal government preparing for anything at this point. Uh, It's hard to have much confidence in anything right now coming from D.C. Yeah, I mean, they had a two-month lead time or so, two months or so, to get ready for this at the Trump administration when they saw what was happening in China. They could have, uh, they burnt it up. They could have uh, gotten the testing capacity ready to go. They could have launched and ramped up manufacturing domestically for uh, medical products that we're going to need, like personal protective equipment. Uh, There's much that could have been done, and it was not. He tried to uh, call a jittery nation uh, by declaring the government has, quote, tremendous control over the situation, urged people to stop panic buying groceries uh, that had depleted store shelves. But this president has so little credibility at this point and is so well established to be a genetically uh, to be genetically incapable of telling the truth about anything, even when telling the truth might actually help him. And help the country. Uh, he is such a liar uh, that few give anything he says credence at this point, as he is perhaps the most uniquely unqualified and inept person, perhaps in the nation, to actually lead the nation under these particular uh, crisis circumstances. So little wonder that gun stores uh, started seeing a, a similar run as grocery stores on uh, uh, on weapons and ammunition as uh, fear has intensified, because I guess you can always shoot the virus dead if it comes to your door. Uh, America, as we told you pretty early last week, is in fact shutting down, at least for now. Uh, Desi, I know when I first uh, warned folks about that last week, I noticed you were actually taken aback a bit by uh, hearing it out loud. I was, because I had been thinking, hey, we might actually get to this point, but I was not ready yet to acknowledge it in my own Mm. head and to say, yeah, it looks like it's going to actually happen. You were right. Of course, uh, we are changing our own uh, usual habits as well. Uh, You'll notice there is no live audience for today's broadcast. (laughs) Just, just kidding. There's never really any. Uh, but the late night comedy shows uh, late last week and over the weekend, they stopped performing before live audiences, which is very strange and seems to add in one sense uh, to the just the sense of bizarreness about all of this. Again, that we are all going through. 
Uh, I hope, by the way, I hope those late night uh, comedy shows continue to show up every night at, at a time when I think we need some of those familiar, comforting faces uh, and voices at at homes throughout the country. Uh, whether there's anyone there to laugh at their jokes or not. Uh, many of these closures uh, today come on the heels of uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, we mentioned earlier, the federal government's top infectious disease expert at the National Institutes of Health, uh, saying that he would like to see a 14-day uh, national shutdown imposed to prevent the virus's spread. Here he is on uh, Meet the Press, I believe, on Sunday. If, if we could... Guarantee that people would get their sick leave pay. Guarantee that we could basically do what FEMA does in a a natural disaster. Give people cash for the basics, for groceries. And would you prefer a 14-day just sort of national shutdown to slow this down? You know, I would prefer as much as we possibly could. I think we should really be overly aggressive and get criticized for overreacting. Okay, have you made this... Have you made this point of yes. view known inside the administration? Yes. Is it yes. getting pushback or are they no, no, slowly they, getting they, there? They, they, in fairness, they listen and they generally go with what we say. So are we, should we expect more closure? Should, should more Americans be prepared to be hunkering down at their house? I think Americans should be prepared that they're going to have to hunker down a, significantly more than we as a country are doing. So that was uh, Anthony Fauci on Meet the Press uh, saying we are going to that this is going to get or needs to or should get significantly worse as far as hunkering down goes. Uh, As of this hour, however, and it could change any minute as Trump continues to change his position in a seemingly ad hoc manner, minute by minute. uh, As of now, there's no indication that Trump is considering such a move to require such a national hunkering down. Not yet. Um, The worldwide outbreak has sickened nearly 170,000 people as of now, has left more than 6,500 dead, with thousands, thousands of new cases being announced each day. By the time many of our affiliates uh, air today's show, I suspect those numbers are probably already wildly outdated. Uh, For many Americans, this uh, sudden economic shift means life could soon be very hard, uh, particularly for those who are hourly workers, where their employees or their employers, I should say, are not paying them for time off uh, or in what could be a huge round of layoffs amidst all of this, uh, depending on how long it may last. And what Congress is able to pass. I mean, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell decided to take the weekend off and not vote on the package of bills that Which, the House has put forward. Yeah, and I, I've got some some details on, on what that is in that package. Um, but I just want to note, in a letter uh, to Trump and congressional leaders of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, that's the right-wing lobbying uh, outfit, uh, they called for uh, swift legislation, including a three-month cancellation of taxes, <laughs> some taxes. <laughs> and of course ex- they did. Of course they did, right? And an expansion of loans to businesses in order to, quote, mitigate the potentially devastating economic effects. Of course, tax cuts and business loans are what the chamber and the Republicans, uh, it's what they always call for in any crisis, no matter what. Not even any, it doesn't even take a crisis. If things are going well, they call for that. If things are not going well, they call for that. Late on Friday, however, just after midnight, uh, after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had announced a deal with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin for emergency relief legislation to begin dealing with this fallout, uh, the House passed the measure 
though it is unlikely to be nearly enough. It is, however, a start, presuming the Senate agrees, as Desi said, to the package and passes it. Mitch McConnell decided they should all take a weekend off rather than staying in Washington to deal with this uh, unprecedented crisis and get this package passed uh, and working to help Americans as soon as possible. Because, you know, global pandemic, what's the rush? H.R. 6201 is the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. It was ad- adopted on Friday after midnight, so Saturday morning, in a bipartisan 363 to 40 vote to uh, financially support Americans during the public health emergency caused by COVID-19. It will include free coronavirus testing. If you can get a test, that'll be free for uh, everyone who has private health insurance or Medicare and Medicaid. It will also cover Americans without insurance. Uh, It would include paid emergency paid sick days to give workers 14 days of paid sick leave to be available immediately during the coronavirus. Many employers are asking uh, workers to work at home for that amount of time. It ensures sick leave to those impacted by a quarantine order, as we're beginning to see, or those who must stay home to take care of uh, of children. So it reimburses uh, reimburses businesses uh, who have 50 or fewer employees for the cost of the 14 additional days of leave, but it exempts larger businesses entirely. The bill would also create a new federal emergency paid leave program for those unable to work because they have the COVID-19 disease or they're quarantined. Uh, Eligible workers would receive uh, benefits for a month. The uh, program goes up to three months. There's an expansion of unemployment insurance, For those who have lost their jobs due to the spread of the virus, the bill would direct $1 billion to expanding access to food security programs like SNAP and WIC and the emergency food assistance programs throughout the coronavirus uh, pandemic. So uh, these are things that would actually help actual Americans more than a tax cut for big businesses and small business loans and stuff like that. Yeah, because surprise, a tax cut is not going to actually create more hospital beds or more respirators or ventilators. It's just not going to materialize because you gave, you know, somebody, some major corporation a tax cut. That's not how it works. So this is the uh, second uh, major coronavirus uh, legislation that is being passed, if it passes. Uh, It comes a week after uh, Trump signed into a law, uh, legislation for $8.3 billion for research and vaccine development funds. Uh, More such aid packages, however, are likely on the horizon, according to both Pelosi and Mnuchin. Oh, definitely. Uh, But as I say, anything that comes uh, from Donald Trump directly out of his mouth or out of his... Whatever. Wherever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Be very, very skeptical. Uh, For example, and I want to get to a break because I know we got some folks calling in and we got some news about elections that I need to get to. But, you know, last week he gave this press conference in the Rose Garden and he said, we're going to be having millions of of tests will be available very, very quickly. (sighs) None of that is true. It's all completely false. And he cited, oh, these companies, Roche, they're going to help him. Well, the the CEO of Roche came up and said, well, it's going to be a while. We're working on it. So you cannot believe anything 
at this point. That Trump says. You can believe Dr. Anthony Fauci when he says stuff. He's, I think, trying to thread the needle of uh, not getting himself fired by Mm -hmm. contradicting the president too much, but still getting out calm, reasoned, direct information that's factual to the American people. Donald Trump said Google was going to be having a page that could tell everybody how to get drive-through testing. On Sunday, he said it'll be ready on Sunday. There is no uh, Google does not have this website uh, of Sunday with uh, where you can get a drive-through test. They said that eventually they will have some information on drive-through testing in the San Francisco Bay Area as soon as possible. But they did not commit to anything beyond that uh, as far as covering the country. So more bad information from your president of the United States, and it is not just you know people, average Americans who are having trouble getting these tests. You remember Dan. Goldman, uh, the Democratic attorney who was uh, in the U.S. House uh, during the impeachment hearings representing the Democrats, uh, he got coronavirus. He could not get tested for it. He was sick. He took, you know, they told him, go home, be with your family and your children, I guess, give it to all of them. Eventually, he said, I can't do this. I think I got coronavirus. Clearly, I got it. I got to get tested. He could not get a test in New York. He had to drive to uh, Connecticut at 5 a.m. in the morning to get a test. So, uh, you know, this is just nuts. And it underscores the need to get a new president in place, frankly, ASAP. But even doing that now is being directly affected by the coronavirus. Let's take a quick break here. We'll get uh, an update on... um, Uh, Some primary elections around the country that are now being postponed and canceled uh, or not. And yes, there was a Democratic presidential debate on uh, on Sunday night. Just want to add one more thing. This is something that L.A. Times reporter Matt Pierce said. Um, he said, I imagine all the closures and cancellations give people a sense of ominousness, but it's really an amazing act of solidarity, social solidarity. We are sacrificing so we can give nurses, doctors and hospitals a fighting chance. Yep. Start from there and we can figure out the rest. And I would add, we're also helping out grocery store workers, postal workers, police officers, sanitation workers, utility workers, delivery people. When you stay at home, when you do the social distancing, you're helping all the people that help keep this place running. This is scary. This is bizarre. This is weird. Yeah. But this is actually a good thing. We're all actually, as a nation, I hope, uh, doing something that is smart and good for all of us. Anyway, uh, we will get to all of that, including the uh, what's going on with the uh, elections and whether we're going to have them at all, uh, and maybe your calls on it uh, if you want to ring in. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I'll try to get to uh, as much as we can today as the broadcast continues in Strange Days Indeed. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate And thanks. From a distance, (laughs) the world looks blue. Yes. Are you minding your social distancing? We hope you are. 
Joe and Bernie did, sort of, at their debate on Sunday night in Washington, D.C. That was supposed to be uh, in Arizona, where they are supposed to be having elections on Tuesday. But we will see at this point, uh, they're supposed to be having elections in Ohio as well on Tuesday. But Ohio Governor Mike DeWine said Monday he is recommending that in-person primary voting set for Tuesday, uh, March 17, be pushed back until June amid the coronavirus outbreak. Um, Ohio's primary was set to take place Tuesday as are contests in Illinois, Arizona and Florida. Did I say this is the Bradcast and welcome back to it? I'm Brad Friedman. I just did. Okay, there we go. DeWine, uh, the Republican governor of Ohio, said, "Is my recommendation we postpone in-person voting until June 2. He said we cannot tell people to stay inside, but also tell them that they should go out and vote. He says he's making the recommendation because we must look out for our poll workers. I believe when we look back on this, we'll be happy we did it. The votes that have already been cast, he said, will still be counted, and this recommendation would allow others to vote in the future. That does not sound like an order from the Ohio governor, but a recommendation. It comes just before airtime, so I can't tell you which it is for certain right now. But it sounds like voting will be delayed in Ohio until June on uh, on the primary. That is probably very wise, given that Ohio is one of those states which forces most voters at this point across the state to vote on germy, unverifiable touchscreen voting systems at the polls that everyone's been putting their hands on all day. Election officials in the other three states uh, voting on Tuesday, Arizona, Florida, And Illinois have said that they will proceed with their primaries, at least as of now. Kristen Clark, president of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under law, said it is regrettable that Ohio did not uh, do more prior to this point. Postponement should be a measure of last resort. There are certainly steps that Ohio officials could have done to this point to open up access. Yes, they could have. For example, they could have called for sending vote-by-mail ballots to all voters. That could have been done a week or two ago. Louisiana which also forces all voters to vote on touchscreen voting systems at the polls, announced that it will postpone its April 4 primary election for more than two months. Uh, That was announced on Friday. They uh, became the first but hardly the last state in the nation to adjust its elections in response to the outbreak. The sudden decision by Louisiana comes as the viral outbreak has upended the presidential campaigns and people worry about gathering places and uh, where they may become infected. So um, Louisiana's secretary of state uh, said today, I have certified that a state of emergency exists and requested that the governor issue an executive order postponing the elections this spring. The the DNC said in a statement that it would continue to work with every state party as they adjust their delegate selection plans around the coronavirus, but that by moving its uh, primary to June 20 which has passed the June 9 deadline set by the DNC, Louisiana could face a penalty that would include the state losing at least half of its delegates. I expect they will be reviewing that policy as well. Another state which forces all voters at the polls to vote on germy touchscreen voting systems is Georgia. And yet when I say force, I mean really force. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger just last week convened an emergency state board of elections meeting in Athens-Clark County, Georgia, 
because that county, one county, uh, their uh, board of elections, so much for small government, their, their, their county board of elections voted to move to hand-marked paper ballots for the primary because the giant, uh, very bright new touchscreen ballot marking devices that Raffensperger has ordered all counties to use, um, they violate voters' privacy. You lose your secret ballot because you can see the touchscreen 30, 40 feet across the room. So the board voted against using those and to to move to hand-marked paper ballots. And so Secretary of State Raffensperger declared an emergency meeting and went out there and voted and, and th- basically threatened the county if they did not reverse their vote to move to hand-marked paper ballots and go to touchscreens. They were going to be in big, big trouble. <sighs> So, uh, yeah, when I say they force touchscreens, they really do out there. Well, uh, since then, on Saturday, Georgia has announced that it will postpone its March 24 presidential primary for uh, nearly two months. They were the second state at that point to uh, to do so. And uh, then there was Ohio. So between Louisiana, Georgia, Ohio, I can't help but notice that the first three states to do this are all states which force most voters to vote on those unverifiable germy touchscreen voting machines that we have been warning against for so long. And I hadn't even been warning uh, against these machines on those particular grounds. But boy, howdy, does that ring a bell now? Who wants to touch them during a pandemic? The Georgia primary will now be held May 19, according to Raffensperger in a statement. Well, we will see. Will they go to uh, all vote-by-mail ballots before then? They really should. Or at the very least, hand-marked paper ballots at the polls so people can at least bring their own pens and they're not held up in lines forever. uh, Thanks to these uh, touchscreen machines, which take longer to vote on. Uh, May 19 is the day of the previously scheduled election in Georgia for uh, primary elections for U.S. Senate and House races and uh, local elections as well. So this would also have the uh, uh, presidential race on the same day. Several other states this week said they are either implementing or considering changes to voting. Uh, Wyoming has suspended the in-person portion of its Democratic caucuses, saying that residents would be able to either vote by mail or drop off their ballots. Officials in Connecticut, Maryland and Pennsylvania said they are considering various measures to encourage voting by mail. Pennsylvania is another one of those heavy touchscreen states, and they do not have no excuse absentee ballot voting in Pennsylvania. You have to have an excuse to request a a vote-by-mail ballot. That needs to be changed pronto. Um... In Florida, where they're supposed to vote on Tuesday, uh, sheriff's deputies are now being asked to help out at voting locations because apparently they are hemorrhaging poll workers by the hour. Recall that many uh, poll workers around the country are often older uh, you know, senior citizens, uh, they do not want to be, they should not be around crowds at this point. So will there be enough poll workers throughout the day on Tuesday? Uh, hundreds are calling in to say, nope, sorry, can't make it. Um, New York is considering postponing uh, 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 primary elections amid the coronavirus. Uh, we're supposed to have a decision from Maryland's governor uh, on Tuesday whether they're going to switch to a all-mail 
uh, vote-by-mail primary. Uh, and as I began noting last week, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to have any elections uh, other than all vote-by-mail in the coming weeks and months, and perhaps even still in November. And I am not a fan of vote-by-mail. If anybody listens to this show or reads bradblog.com knows. But if the virus continues as it is and if lockdowns continue across the country for large groups, I see no actual choice in front of us. I suspect we'll uh, be discussing the pros and cons of that much more in the days ahead on this program for the moment, however. Uh, well, let me get to uh, a, a quick call here and then we'll take a break and come back if we have time uh, to talk about Sunday's Debate, good Lord, um, presidential debate, we haven't even discussed. Roger in Minneapolis. Hey, Roger, welcome to the broadcast. How are you guys doing up there in Minnesota? We have a major outbreak. Very, very many people are unable to get tested. It's an endemic all over the place. I'll keep this super compressed, Brad. I have been self-sequestering for over a week now. Um, eight people who I know personally have the symptoms. One of them happens to be a health care worker and was able to get a test. Um, and uh, I um, am concerned that we may wind up seeing the stock market tank. Um, supply lines may become interrupted, partly by virtue of the fact that if we have a willy-nilly, non-coordinated shutdown of many aspects mm -hmm. of our supply lines, truckers will not be able to eat at restaurants and bring us food. Mm. Um, I, I, and I am counseling my friends um, to withdraw at least a portion of their money from the banks before the lemmings go and withdraw all of it. Mm. Well, I, yeah. Thank you, Roger. I don't want to, uh, you know, kick off a panic here. <laughs> I don't know that we're to that point yet. Although I will say uh, on CNBC, apparently, uh, and I, you know, th this is one of these situations. I don't even know if I should announce what the president said. He said uh, that uh, today in a White House press briefing that the coronavirus could stretch into August, and he may look at locking down quote certain areas. Yeah, that was posted by CNBC just about yeah. a half hour ago. Yeah. So, yeah, Brad, I think the most the most telling aspect of this afternoon's briefing, and the one that really freaked me out, was actually the comments that were made during the breaks, in which it became clear. Oh, wait, wait, wait! No, he said it himself. The the uh, that that uh, uh, and you already brought it forward that. Uh, people should go ahead, uh, uh, governors should go ahead and get their own damn respirator. Yeah. I mean, the exact quote. That's just so out of hand, I can't believe it. That's where we are, Roger. Hey, thanks. I got uh, a few oh, more minutes. I want to get to some other people. I Thank really you appreciate it. Uh, you bet. Uh, stay safe up there and uh, be careful and our best to everyone, uh, all the listeners on AM 950. KTNF in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, let me uh, let me take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, with as many as of you as we can right here on the broadcast. Eight one eight nine eight five KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the broadcast.
The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Why is it that over the last 45 years, despite the huge increase in productivity, and technology, the average worker today is not making a nickel more in real dollars. Why is it that over the last 30 years, the richest 1% have seen a $21 trillion increase in their wealth? Why is it that we are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people as a human right? The power structure in America. Who has the power? And I'll tell you who has the power. It's the people who contribute money, the billionaires who contribute money to political campaigns who control the legislative agenda. You get rid of the nine super PACs you have? I don't have nine super I don't have they any have super nine. You want me to list them? No, yeah, you go ahead and list them. Come on, give me a break. I've got the power! power. <laughs> Man. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Just one uh, short exchange from the presidential, Democratic presidential debate in Washington, D.C. on Sunday night, moved from Phoenix, Arizona, Uh, Normally, we would have special coverage today for the entire program. Uh, As it is in the middle of a crisis, that's all we got time for, to be frank. Maybe we'll try to get to some more on uh, tomorrow's broadcast. Uh, We had a full montage of stuff we had hoped to use and discuss. Uh, Meantime, yeah, Des, you got some uh, news here? Well, no, it's just it's it's a it's a really shocking and kind of stunning example of how much the world has changed since the last debate when there were, what, seven candidates crowding on the stage and they had uh, lots of audience members clapping and everything. So, yeah, there is some new uh, a new update from BBC. It's uh, a BBC reports that Germany and France have now announced strict measures. France is ordering people to stay at home and shelter in place for the next 15 days. This is all going very, very well. Let's go to Bill in Santa Monica. Hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're doing okay. I am. Thanks, Brad. Good. Uh, I just would like to say last week when Katie Porter, to use Debbie's word, excoriated Robert <laughs> Redford over the over his, uh, made him to say that... Redfield, that Redfield, uh, uh, not Robert Redford, but yeah, the, the head of the CDC. Redfield, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, you know, he hasn't appeared at any news conference. He wasn't in the Rose Garden on the Rose Garden news conference. He mm-hmm. wasn't at the news conference yesterday. Prior to that, he had been in a prominent position even before Fauci, and now you haven't heard a word from him, and no one's reported on it. Well, like to be clear, that that guy is a Trump loyalist. Uh, make no mistake, he's a Trump stooge, that particular where, guy. Where is he? Uh, I don't know where he is now. He's probably down, uh, well, the CDC, I think, is headquartered down in Atlanta. Don't know if that is where he is or not. Uh, if people miss that uh, grilling from Katie Porter, unbelievably effective uh, grilling from uh, Congresswoman Porter, uh, a, a student, by the way, of Elizabeth Warren's, a, a literal, actual student uh, years in years right. past. She forced him to uh, say yes or no uh, as to whether CDC would pay for testing since he now has the authority as the head of the CDC on his own to say yes these will be paid for. And uh, her uh, grilling was, uh, frankly, uh, quite brilliant. I don't know where he is, uh, but it is sad uh, what has happened um, to the CDC. Uh, Brett, one yeah. other thing. Yeah. I asked, hello? Yeah, I asked go ahead. Debbie quick. Last week, or Debbie last week, do you think 
that you would have ever heard of Katie Porter or Ocasio-Cortez or any of these other people had Hillary Clinton been elected? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I, I take your point. But I would like to think the answer is yes, because, in fact, she did inspire a lot of women to run for office. So uh, I think Bernie inspired a lot of women well, to run for office. Okay. I hear you. All right. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Biden, if, yeah. if Biden wins again, you won't hear against of him again for another four years. Uh, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we we okay. have got to change this equation. And if it's uh, Joe Biden, if it's Bernie Sanders, I said a few weeks ago, if it was Mike Bloomberg, whose policies I find appalling in many cases, uh, that would be... Uh, a huge plus for this nation, for this planet. We need someone who is not insane and unfit uh, in the office of the presidency, even if that is a candidate you may like less than uh, another candidate, in my opinion. Uh, let me go to uh, Joe in uh, Mojave. Uh, hey, Joe, uh, welcome to the broadcast. You guys doing okay up there? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, what's up? So, so uh I want to ask you if you could try to bring on some kind of epidemiologist or something. Uh, I put these numbers in a spreadsheet. Harvin had some guy on there from a Harvard PhD talking about R naught between two and four. Uh, so this started in November. So if that's true, and the death rate that everybody's been quoting, like 3%, if that's all true, right now more than a billion people should be infected. It could be as high as the, the total some population of the world at a three percent death rate. That would be over a hundred million people dead right now. So, in the meanwhile, everybody's panicking. People mm-hmm. are having wine bottle fights over food and grocery stores. People are losing their jobs. I, I, I mean, it's just—it seems like the panic is yes, the, the, the regular okay. flu in a good year should have killed. Okay. 4,000 people in America by now. I, 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 I hear you, uh, Joe. I got to get out here. I don't mean to cut you short, but uh, if the rates are at a minimum, what they're talking about is a 1% fatality rate. That would be uh, 10 times higher than the flu. And yes, we lost 40,000 to the flu so far this past season. So these numbers could be huge. And I'm skeptical as always, as are you. That's good. Um, But you should not misunderestimate what seems to be coming here. You would not have folks like Anthony Fauci saying the things he's been saying. Uh, Let me give, because I love him and I miss him, let me give Morris 10 seconds. Hey, brother, Morris, can can you send us out with a good thought here today? Oh, Morris. God is controlling. God is, is, is obstructing the world economy. We must repent. This is the time for the world to repent. There's no more throwaway people. We are all God's people. We're going to have to love one another. That's it, straight up. Okay, we're going to have Thank to start you. loving one another. Thank if you, brother. People will just humble themselves. That's it. I appreciate that, brother. Uh, I half agree with you. We got to love each other. If we have to count on God, mm, I'm a little more worried. All right, uh, that's it. Until we uh, meet again tomorrow, my thanks to D'Angelo Jones, our board operator, to Desi Doyen, our producer, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.